Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Church family, to ever take for granted what we do at 1030, um, that's when we start. But for me, it's just, there's a sweet spirit in this place. And I just, I, I don't talk about it enough, but I want to honor the band and their hard work. Because every Sunday, they're here at 845 when some of us might still be sleeping otherwise. And uh, they're here putting in the time. And they're doing this at home, learning all their parts. And it's a beautiful uh, thing. We just get, most of us get to show up and enjoy worship, uh, but the band has to endure the hard work of practice as well. So thank you, worship team and Spencer and uh, everyone else that puts in their heart and soul to, to leading us that way. Amen. And we're going to continue to chase hard after the presence of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. And on May 7th, just one date I want to give you, we're going to have a kickoff. And I can't say too much other than you need to be here. And if there are people that are not here, you need to get them. And I'll give you the one hint. It's in regards to the renovation project. And we have some exciting updates and, and beginnings to share with you. And so we need everyone here because as a family, we're, we're going to do this. And we want to talk to everyone and share what God has done in the last several months, leading us to where we're approaching. And so May 7th, please mark your calendar, save the date. If people are not here today, go out of your way and have them come. Because it's going to be an incredible start to what God is doing in our church. And we're excited for that. And I say amen as well. This morning, I want to speak to you from the Word of God. And the title of my message is, You Are the One. You are the one. You are the one. Yes, He is the one, capital O-N-E. But also, you are the one. And today we're going to unpack that and make sense of that. On December 14th, 2012... 26 people, 20 students, and six adult staff members were shot and killed at Sandy Hook in Newtown, Connecticut. Anyone remember that story? It's not a happy one to remember, but a 27-year-old teacher, Victoria Soto, sacrificed her life when she hid her students in a closet to protect them from crazed gunman Adam Lanza. When Lanza entered her classroom, she told him that the students were not there. They were actually in the gym. The terrified kids started running from the closet and Lanza began shooting. Soto, the teacher, threw herself in front of the children and was killed. The last moments of her life were spent protecting her young students by using her body as a shield against bullets from the deranged madman's gun. Principal Don and school psychologist Mary Sherlock sprung into action, but were killed also when trying to keep Lanza from entering the building in the beginning. Teacher Lauren Russo hid her students in the bathroom in her attempt to protect the children and also died while doing so. 
District Superintendent Janet Robinson noted, these and other incredible acts of heroism that ultimately saved so many lives. You see, in the face of tragedy, people are called without preparation to be the one to step in and save a life, to step in and protect innocent children from a crazy lunatic with a gun. In the same way, in this life of faith that we are called to live, I'm not saying that we're going to have to throw ourselves necessarily in front of bullets, although that might happen, and the situation might call for that. But I believe God is counting on each and every one of you to be the one, to be the willing one, to say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is, I'm going to do it. Now, it's not an easy process. And today, with God's help, we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1 and look through his life, how he was chosen, listen, not by man, but by God, to be the one to lead the Israelites into a place where the former leader, Moses, was no longer around and could not do it himself. Um, God is not looking for people to carry out their own plan for the world. Because how many of you know God is smart enough that he has his own plan for salvation? He sent his son Jesus. And the mission of the church continues today. So he's still looking for the one, the ones who are willing to be used by him. So if you have your Bible, would you stand with me and turn to Joshua chapter 1? Joshua chapter 1. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you're there, shout amen. 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 And if you're not there, hurry up. We'll give you about 10 more seconds. And it's on the screen. Or you can just look at the front to get a hint as to where Joshua is in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And it says this. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant... The Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Including all the land of the Hittites. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. Or abandon you. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one. That's where we get our title from. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. He was referring to the Pentateuch, the first five books of the law. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. 
Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Again, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 10 and 11 says this. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would bring conviction, Lord, not from me, but from your word and the power of your spirit to every heart and life. Lord, let us also be aware that with you we can do the impossible. And I pray, Lord, that should you call us to be the one to stand out from a generation and be the leader, that each of us would be willing to say, Lord, here am I, send me. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Real quick, just turn to someone to your left and say, did you know that you are the one? You got to make it sound a little more convincing. So turn to your right and tell the next person, but say it with conviction this time. Did you know that you are the one? There we go. Some of you, did you know that you're all called to minister? It's not just a pastor at the front, but you're all called to preach the word. We said this on Friday night with our young adults. We're going through a book, by the way, called Set My Heart on Fire. And that's something that the Holy Spirit does inside of us. But we're all called to preach and be ministers of the gospel, not the preacher. I'm here to equip you so that you can go and take full advantage of the rest of your week and make the difference. This is the the part where we get equipped. We get everything we need to go out and to do it for the kingdom. Can somebody say amen? Amen. It's not it's easy to say amen. It's hard to live out. So sometimes don't be quick to say amen unless you really mean it. But thank you for those strong amens. And so you are the one. You are the one. In this passage that we read, it's not part of my notes, but I want to give it to you anyways. I encourage you to take notes. If you have your phone, you can make notes there. I won't think you're texting your mom saying, is the food ready for lunch? Don't worry. But there are three charges given. And here is the first one from the Lord to Joshua. Number one, cross the Jordan. Cross the Jordan River. Number one. Number two, possess the land. Possess the land that I promised to give them. And number three, which is also used as an encouragement, but it's also a charge. And the charge is this, to be strong and courageous. And ultimately, the reason for that is ultimately so that you can obey now what I've charged you to do. Be strong and courageous so that you can obey. Be strong and courageous. So three charges, cross the Jordan, possess the land, be strong and courageous. And in this passage, here, here's the outline. We have four points, four things that God does. And number one is God faithfully promotes. God faithfully promotes. And in verses 1 and 2, we see that there's the death of Moses, the Lord's servant. And how many of you remember Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, right? They got to the Red Sea. And what happened? Shout it out. It's okay. The sea stayed closed and they got a canoe. <laughs> no. 
Moses did the easy part. God did the hard part. God instructed him, take your staff and touch the water. And as he did, the Red Sea split up. They crossed over in dry ground. And, but behind them are, is the Egyptian army chasing after them. So there was an element of fear for this crossing of the Red Sea through Moses. Because they said, Lord, unless you open up the, the waters, we're going to be killed. But instead what happens is they cross through. And those chariots are swallowed up in the water. The Egyptian army is, God took care of it like this. But here's the thing. They still hadn't possessed the land that God promised them. And what happens now in Joshua 1 is the leader, Moses, God's servant, is dead. He died. And by the way, he was never going to enter the promised land anyways. You can read through scripture to find out why. And so Moses is dead. Joshua was his assistant. Now, it's not uncommon for the assistant to be promoted. You know why? Well, because he would have known everything that Moses did. He would have seen how Moses led. He would have uh, been in his shadow the whole time. And in Exodus, there's a passage of Scripture that said, when Moses would leave the tent, Joshua would stay behind. And what that kind of indicates to me is Joshua had a sense for the presence of God. Joshua had a heart that was hungry for more. And so when Moses would leave, he would stick around even longer. And it's very interesting, but it's not so interesting at the same time, that now Joshua, who was the assistant, is now promoted to be the one. You are the one. And God's word to him was, Moses, my servant, is dead. Verse 2, Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. And I want you to know that in whatever season you're in, Maybe God gave you a picture of your future, whether it's in the marketplace, in your job of promotion. Maybe he gave you a taste of it even. Uh, One day the boss was gone and they left you in charge. All I want to encourage you is don't be itchy. Don't be so quick to want to get there on your own ability. Why? Well, because God already has a plan. God already knows. And God faithfully promotes So, point number one, God faithfully promotes whatever you are called to do in the here and now, in your workplace, in your school, be faithful. Be faithful. Don't cut corners. Don't cheat the system. Don't call in sick when you're at the beach. God faithfully promotes. And if you want promotion, guess what? There's a greater responsibility that comes with it. So, Be careful, number one, what you desire. But number two, God wants to promote you. But he's also watching. God is watching. What is your motivation? What is your intent? What is your work ethic like? That's a very practical word for us today. God faithfully promotes, but God faithfully watches how you work in your current situation as well. So work with diligence. Do everything as unto the Lord, the Bible says. Um, and, and God is the one ultimately who will reward you. And God is the one who ultimately will promote you. Cross-reference, you could look at the life of Joseph and see how God gave him a vision and a dream in the very beginning. But it wasn't a, a straight, you know, climb up the ladder. It was up, down, 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 up, down, up, 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 down, up. You can read that through the life of Joseph. But God is the one 
who brings the ultimate promotion. He faithfully promotes. You see, in another translation, verse 2 says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise and go across the Jordan River. Arise and go. When God speaks, it's an action step. It's an, you got to move. It's a verb. Arise and go. And God faithfully promotes when we obey Him. We see the results. So, number one, God faithfully promotes. God was very clear about Joshua's mission. Right? We said the charge. Cross the Jordan, possess the land. Now the hard part is obedience. Am I going to do that? What's my response to all of that? And you see, Moses, the servant, is dead, but God, the master, is not. And I just want to say one more thing before we go on to point two. You, you attend Weston Road, and if you're visiting, you're here today. But may our church never be about me. And I'm saying this from a personal perspective. If at the end we leave saying, oh, Pastor John this, Pastor John that, well, then maybe I missed the point because it has to be all about Jesus. You see, because it doesn't matter who occupies this pulpit as long as we faithfully preach the word. But the big deal is Jesus. He's the big deal. And so even though Moses, who was leading Israel, died, right? He was the servant, but God, the master, is not dead. His plan for the church and his mission for the church continues faithfully. It doesn't change. Okay, so as long as we're good, don't come to church to make me happy is what I'm basically saying. I love seeing your beautiful smiling faces. I love greeting all of you at the end of church, some of you before church. But don't come for me, come for him. And then we're going to see great things happen in the kingdom. Thank you for those amens. That means you mean it. Number two, God fulfills promises. God fulfills promises. And we see in verses 3 to 5 that God is now telling Joshua, I promise you what I promised Moses. You know what I think? I think Joshua must have known what God had promised Moses. God is now reaffirming Joshua in his calling that you are the one by now saying it. Everything I promised Moses, I promise you now. God faithfully fulfills promises. And there's a promise of his presence as well we find in these verses when he says, And I will be with you as I was with Moses. You see, God knows exactly how to encourage you. Did you know that? He knows how, the specific area. Who knows if Joshua must have been, you know, the wheel was spinning now as, as God is revealing you're the next guy, you're the one to cross the Jordan. And he's probably thinking, well, Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea. How am I going to help them cross the Jordan? How am I going to do that? I, can't, I don't know how to do that. How do I split the water and walk through it? With, with all of the Israelites. How do I do that? And I believe maybe those were some of the thoughts. If I could get into Joshua's head for a second. And, and as God can only do. Only God can do it. He comes and he reassures him. And he says, listen. I promise you everything I promised Moses. And I will be with you just like I was with Moses. Suddenly, peace comes. Oh, okay. 
Thank you, Lord. You, you're with me still. The same God that helped Moses is the same God now that is going to help me. And I want you to know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that is going to help you cross your Jordan. Can somebody say amen? God fulfills promises. I don't know what he has spoken over your life. I don't know if he has spoken over your life. But I want to encourage you with this, that maybe it's been taking longer than you thought. But don't worry. God knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows exactly how to encourage you. He really does. And I don't know if you believe that today, but it doesn't change the fact that it's true. It doesn't change the fact. Number one, God faithfully promotes. Number two, God fulfills promises. It's who he does One of the greatest promises for the church is the soon coming Jesus. He's going to return for his church. And that's one of the great promises that we we await is the rapture of the church when we will be caught up. And I know that that's getting theological and I don't have time to jump into all of that. But it's something that we look forward to is the second coming of Jesus. When we will be reunited with him and we will reign with him. And it's a beautiful thing. Read through Revelation if you want to learn more about it. But number three, God finalizes plans. God finalizes plans. And in verses six to nine, we see almost like a coach. Does anyone here, maybe not today, but in your lifetime, have ever played some kind of organized sports or dance? Let me see with a show of your hands. Okay, some of you don't want to admit it because we might you know, recruit you for Western volleyball team or something at the church picnic. But we have a faithful coach and his name is God. Amen. The Bible says he who lacks wisdom, let him ask and he will receive it. And God is like a big coach and we're, we're playing on the same team. And I believe that God is able to give us the game plan and God is able to lay out Steps for us to follow so that we will actually win the game and not fail and not lose. Not be disqualified from this life and this race that we're on. And so he finalizes plans. And God is actually telling Joshua, pay attention to these things, right? As a coach would do. I remember Josiah. We uh, are not signing him up for soccer this summer. Because the first two years proved very challenging. And he cared more about the snacks. But the coach would try really hard. The coach would try really hard to like get at their level and explain to them, this is the exercise. This is what you're supposed to do for practice. And during the game, this is how we're supposed to play. And this is what a coach does. And in our text, this is what God is essentially doing with Joshua. You know, just highlighting, don't forget, these are the important things that you need to be doing. And let's look at them. In, in verses 6 to 9, God will never tell you to go and do something without giving you the, the ability to take next steps. So he says, be strong and courageous. So that's a, a tip from coach. The second one is, be careful to obey all the instructions from Moses. No deviations. So there must have been some plan that was already being transferred. You know, here are all the, the game plans. And now he's saying, don't deviate from them. That's a strategy. Stick with the plan. Also, it goes on to say, study this book of instruction. Sometimes? No, continually. Continually. 
value of the word. You know, again, we are so privileged to be able to own a Bible or have a Bible on our app and you could do it discreetly while you're on the bus or on your commute. But there are people who don't have the luxury of owning a Bible, who would literally give the right arm to receive a copy to read for themselves. Let's not take the Word of God for granted. And in this text, we see that he's saying, study it, not just casually or flippantly, or read it when kind of there's nothing good on Netflix because you binge-watched it all already. No, read it continually. Know the Word of God. Why? How did Jesus respond when the devil was trying to tempt him someone have an idea with the word with the written word he said it is written exactly it is written do you know what is written in the word of god do you know what is written why well because you will know the difference from the truth versus the twisted truth because you see in everything the devil does he takes what we know as the truth of god And he twists it so it sounds something like what God said in his word, but it's a little bit different. And that's why never take at face value what anyone preaches. You you study the word. You know exactly what it says. And even if I say something and you find a contradiction, I welcome you with love. You come and say, Pastor, you know you said this. Look. Look at what the scripture says here. And we will we'll talk through it and figure out what happened. But it's important that you are able to say for yourself, it is written. The beauty of technology is if you are driving on your commute, you're not sitting on a bus, you can actually listen to the word through the Bible app, version, And you press play and it reads through it. And that's the beauty of today. And yet so many of us, we're literate, we can read, but we're biblically illiterate. And it's a caution for the church today because we need to always be on guard. We need to know what the Word of God says. So when the enemy comes and tries to twist the truth, we will know the difference. You see, my mom used to work in the bank back when we had paper bills. You know those green dots? I don't know the full story because I can't remember. I was really young. But she used to be a banker, a teller. And I said, Mom, how do you know like the real bills from the fake ones? She goes, if you handle the real one enough, you will, as soon as a fake bill is in your hand, you will know. With plastic money, I don't know how that works today. But that was true about that. And the same is true with the Word of God. Did you know that? The more you know the truth of God's Word and what's written, then when a lie comes your way, you will be very quick to spot it to, you, to have discernment to say, you know what? It sounds pretty, but I know that that's not what the Word of God actually says. Remember Ola last week with the offering? He switched the words. Again, it sounds right because the words are all there, but they were all mixed up. And it's true. We have to know what God's Word says, not what we think or remember it says. So it is written. Know what God, who is our coach, is speaking to us. And He's this is just one of the things that he was telling Joshua. Know, know the book of instruction and study it continually. It's the value of God's word. We need it in our lives. And here's the important part. He says, only then, right? Coach's tips, 
you do what God says, you follow the coach's plan, only then will you prosper and succeed. Do not be afraid or discouraged. A lot of us like to ask God, and and I encourage you to ask big of God. He's a big God. Nothing is impossible. But see, a lot of us just ask for the blessings. And we want the blessings for our life. But we're not willing to listen to the coach when he gives us advice. Right? A lot of us want to score a goal. Let's say, put it back on the field. We want to score a goal. But you don't listen to anything the coach says. You just see the net and you run straight to the net. Offside. Right? You can't score that way. You have to listen to what the coach is teaching you about the game and how it's supposed to be played. The same applies in our spiritual lives. Yes, you want to receive from God? Great. God wants to give. But guess what? You have to listen to what He's telling us to do. You have to obey God. You have to live a life that is worthy of the calling. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're saying, Lord, I'm trying to do every day with you, Jesus. I'm trying to do every day. Guess what? God notices the effort. But if you're not even trying, and all you say is, God, I need a job, or God, I need the money, and I'm just going to wait here till it's done, it's going to be very difficult for God to be able to move in your situation. Why? Because God honors movement, and we say that. So, Obey. God, what are you saying? What, are, what, are, what is the game plan? Because I'm ready to play. Put me in. I have the plan. I'm not going to deviate. And let's, let's do this together. Number three, God finalizes plans. Why does he do that? For our benefit. He makes it plain for us to see. Salvation is very simple. By accepting and believing that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It's very simple. It's plain. God doesn't want to keep those things a secret from us. And number four, God forges paths. God forges paths. He will make a way where there was no way. How do you cross the Jordan River? Like, where do you decide? How do you pick a spot to say, okay, I think this is where it's going to open? No, God gave them a plan. And if you read on through Joshua 2 and Joshua 3, you see that they were to take the ark and they were going to put it first and they were going to walk and then this Jordan River was going to stop up ahead. The water then would flow down and then leaving the way clear and they were able to cross through. As they do that, Joshua instructs them to grab one one leader from each tribe, the 12 tribes, to grab a giant stone carried on your shoulder because they were going to build a memorial. And they were going to worship God and thank God. Why? Because they were going to possess the land. The promise of God was going to be fulfilled. And guess what? It didn't happen through Moses, but through Joshua. Because Joshua, God said to him, you are the one. You are the one to lead them. Today, I believe God is not pointing his finger, but he's moving across hearts today. And he's saying, you are the one. Are you ready? You are the one. Are you ready? You're going to lead a generation like no one else has been able to do it. Are you ready? You're going to lead your coworkers because no one else can. Are you willing? Are you ready? You are the one. Are you ready? Are you ready? And are you willing? God will make the way for you as he gives you the game plan. God will forge the path for you to walk through. And as you do, this is the beautiful picture of it. When you get to the other side... You can worship God and thank Him because it was Him and not you who ultimately did the work. You see, um, they're going to cross the Jordan. And 
at that point in time, the banks were overflowing. So it's not like they were receding. There was more water at that given time. Not only that, they are going to do it in a very different way this time than when they originally crossed the Red Sea. And here I want to give honor to who I heard this from. It was Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. And he, in speaking of the Red Sea crossing with Moses, in contrast to the Jordan crossing with Joshua as leader, he broke it down this way. And he said, life is a series of crossings. Just like the Israelites, these crossings define us. In one, we cross as we are chased by our past, the Red Sea. But in the other, we cross as we chase our future. They're going for the promised land. We cross the Red Sea because we are coming out of something. But we cross the Jordan because we are stepping into something greater. We cross the Red, uh, we cross the Red Sea because we are driven by fear. Because they said they can catch up if you don't open up a way. But we cross the Jordan because we're driven by faith. And when we cross the Red Sea, we leave behind the chariots of Pharaoh. Exodus 14, 28. When we cross the Jordan, we leave behind an altar of praise. We leave behind an altar of praise. I'm going to invite you to stand up to your feet this morning. I'm going to ask Spencer if you would come back to the keys. And this morning, I'm going to open up the altars for prayer. And I'm not making it specific. I'm saying if you feel God is moving in your heart, in your life, and He's moving you to a place of movement, literally, to say, I'm not happy or content just being on, on the bench while the game is going on, but God, reveal your game plan to me. Give it Give it to me because I'm ready to play. And not only that, but Lord, I'm stepping into my destiny as we cross the Jordan. You see, it's important to understand that it's, it wasn't an easy ask of God. Hey, what Moses didn't finish doing, you're going to pick up. And now you're going to have to take this all the way for the people. Take them to the land I promised. If you're like me, you would be, why me? Why, why do I have to be that one to do what Moses couldn't finish and didn't finish? Why me? But Joshua never even stopped at that point. He could have, but he didn't. His response, we read it, but we close with this. And I'm going to open up the altars because this is you with the help of God forging a path as you walk down the aisle and, and make an altar of worship here before the Lord. We don't need to carry memorial stones. But as a symbolic act, as you step out of your seat, you're, you're crossing your Jordan into your destiny, saying, God, no turning back. I won't turn back, God. And you're going to make your altar of worship, your memorial altar right here today. And here's what Joshua did. As, as soon as God reminded him, again, be strong and courageous. Let's not understate that. Be strong and courageous. It takes courage and strength. But it's not something you possess. But it's something that you need. And God is reminding him, and I'm with you every step of the way. Look at his response in verse 10 and 11. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp. Tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. 
to anyone listening today as you step out of your seat and you cross through this Jordan and you make your way to the altar today. Know that you're not doing it on your own strength, but know that you're trusting God. But here's the thing, you have to act. You have to move on it. If God is prompting your heart right now even, you step out of your seat and you come to the altar because God is making the way. God is forging the path that you need to walk down, but now you just need to download it. Download the game plan. This is what we're going to do this morning to all who feel this desire, this prompting today. And here's the important part. He said, we're going to do this. Get ready, and it's going to be done in three days. We're going for it. So listen, you can choose next week in a month from now, but that's not the way God oftentimes wants to do something. When He speaks, we need to act. When He's prompting, we need to respond. So today, and I don't care if one person comes, hey, I'm, I'm happy. But today, if you are here and you feel the voice of the Lord, And He's calling you, saying, you are the one. Stop hiding. Stop denying it and just receive it. Say yes. Start acting on it instead of making excuses. If you feel that today, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm not going to even ask you to close your eyes or bow your head. You step out of your seat. And we're just going to spend some time in God's presence and believe that He's going to be able to meet you where you're at. He's going to give you everything that you need to be strong and courageous. Why? Because on my own, I can't do it. I need His help today. And I want you to know that as you step out, God is meeting you here. In the name of Jesus. Just begin to worship Him. Begin to make this your memorial altar of worship to the Lord for everything that He's doing. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.